Hello. At CD Media, we are literally the tip of the spear. From Ukraine to the vaccine to Brazil, we've been at the tip of the spear on all these stories early. So if you want to know what's going on in the world early, before the rest of the news catches up, watch CD Media. But you know what? We have to make money. So we do have ads on the sites. But I know people don't like pop-up ads. They don't like ads. It's a problem. I mean, you get them on your phone, etc. If you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no ad subscription, which is a few bucks a month. You get access to all of our sites, not just CD Media, but the Manhattan, the Miami Independent, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Georgia Record, Armed Forces Press, Tsarism overseas in Eastern Europe, and CDM Espanol if you speak Spanish. So all of these sites are available with no ads. So sign up for our no ad subscription. You can find it on the websites. There's a pop-up and also in the top menu. And, and pay us a few bucks a month. Support free media. Support your children's future. Support the fight against the corrupt media narrative. Thank you very much. And now let's get to our guest. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is American Conversations. We are honored today to have Diane Spaulding with us, who is from Toronto, Canada. Uh, she is a Vax injured, and she took the... Uh, AstraZeneca shot that was shipped from the United States into Canada uh, in early, in uh, spring of 2021. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. And thank you for having me and helping us vaccine injured by giving us a platform to be heard. Well, we, we have interviewed people, you know, since 2021, and I, I'm very empathetic and, and sympathetic to the plight that has with people who have been injured. Uh, Diane, tell us about your life before you took the shot? Um, well, I mean, I was, um, I was working, um, you know, my husband and I were, we were always out for, um, you know, going on trails, walking our 10 kilometers most days. Um, I have two grandbabies that I used to love to, um, you know, babysit and, um, enjoyed, you know, spending a whole day with them and, um, so we were we were fairly active people. All right. So you were outdoors and you were healthy, uh, and no no major underlying conditions. No. All right. So uh, in 2021, uh, as I recollect, Canada was saying, you know, where are our shots because they didn't they didn't have a lot of shots at the time. Now, what you told me before we turned before we started this interview is AstraZeneca was the only one that was really available at that point in time in April of 2021. When you where did you get your shot? Did you get it from a doctor, a pharmacy, a drive-through? So I received my shot at the Rexall Pharmacy inside Mount Sinai Hospital. All right. So, so my age category at the time of the rollout. AstraZeneca was the only one available. And and was it administered by the pharmacist or was it? I believe so. Yeah, it would have been administered by the pharmacist. All right. So did you ask them, is it safe? Did they tell you any side effects? Did you do you think now looking back that you received informed consent? I did not receive. I definitely did not receive informed consent. Um, like I said, I I went into it knowing about the adverse events from the AstraZeneca causing the VIT. I had heard about it on the news and that raised a red flag for me. And I asked her when I sat down, look, you know, I have high platelets um, and I want to know, like, am I going to end up with VIT? You know, and she said, oh no, that's, 
you know, that I don't think they, I don't think she knew anything about it. And she just said, no, those things are extremely rare and you'll be fine. And that was the end of that. So what, what, what did you have? Did you have an immediate onslaught of an injury? What happened? Um, no. So, so I, so I received the, um, the vaccine and I was, I was fine. I walked home and, and the next day I woke up and I had, you know, your typical, what you would expect after a vaccine, um, you know, your fever, aches and pains. Um, yeah. And I had that for the, for a few days, um, that went away. Um, and about, Around the fifth day, um, I had a bleed under my arm, on my lower arm. And where I had the vaccination, it was all um, blotchy and swollen. Um, yeah, so that was alarming. So the, the, when, you, when you had the bleed from your arm, did you go back, did you call your doctor? I Did actually went... I, I actually went to Mount Sinai Hospital. I walked over there because it's just um, up the street from where I live. So um, I went to Emerge and I told them that, you know, I was recently given the AstraZeneca vaccine and I now have a bleed on my lower arm. And I'm concerned that it could be um, that. Um, as a result of the. As, as a result. result. Mm -hmm. And what did they tell you at the time? Um, at first they said, are you sure you didn't bang yourself? Mm -hmm. Which I thought was, I said, no, I did not. And usually if I do bang myself, it bleeds. It, the blood comes out. It doesn't stay under the skin. Um, I actually have a photograph of my injuries. I don't know if you can see that, but that's, mm -hmm. the, that's the bleed. Mm -hmm. And then all the bruising, splinter hemorrhages. So, so, so tell us more as this progressed, tell us what happened. Okay. So, um, so after that, um, after I had the bleed under my arm, um, a few days later, I, um, woke up and I had, um, pins and needles in my, in my hands and in my feet. Um, and they started, this started going up my arms and up my legs. Is it a, t a tingly feeling? Yeah. Like a numbness and tingling. Yeah. Like a numbness and tingling. As if, uh, as if your feet, your feet or your legs are asleep. If, if you Falling just... asleep and that, and that prickly, you know, that mm -hmm. prickly feeling mm -hmm. that you get when your arm falls asleep and, you know, you wake up and all the blood starts rushing back and you get that that pin and needle feeling that's, and it felt like that constantly. So that was in my hands and my feet and it was going up to my knees and, and up my arms. Could you walk at that point in time? Well, that's, I was, yeah. I mean, I was, I was trying to walk. I was thinking maybe it's circulation, you know? So, you know, I'd say to my husband, well, let's go out for a walk. Like, I don't know what this is, but, um, but it just, it just progressed and it didn't go away. Um, um, yeah, so that started. Um, and then when we were out walking, I was, I was noticing that I couldn't see people's faces on the mean? street. What, what, do you, what do you mean? Like I couldn't see their faces. Like my eyes were, my eyes were blurry. Um, I couldn't make out, um, people's faces. And I kept saying to my husband, do you, the, 
I can't see faces. Like, do you see their faces? Like, I can't see their faces. Um, so, yeah, so my, my vision started to become blurry. How, how, um, how, how far along uh, after you had the shot did, did your vision go crazy? So, so probably about a week and a half when all the, when the pins and needles started, then that's when the vision issues started. And, and what happened? What happened? Did you go to the doctor at that and I doctor at that point in time? Um, no, I didn't. I think it was probably a couple days later when I was I was sitting on the couch and I felt this earthquake feeling in my head, like mm -hmm. just like this, this sudden movement in my head. And I jumped up off the couch, you know, and I'm, I'm like, what? what was that? You know, like never witnessed anything like that before. It really scared me. And, and right away, right after it happened, um, I had really bad dizziness. Um, I had this like fog in my head, um, like a disassociation feeling like I'm here, but I'm not here. Like mm -hmm. it was a very odd sensation that I was feeling in my head. Um, I started getting, um, a little bit disoriented. Um, and that's when I decided I'm going, I'm going to go back to the hospital. And so I went back to the hospital and they did a CT scan. And what were the results of the scan? Non, they didn't find anything other than I had block sinuses. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because the second time I went back to the hospital, um, they sent me to a whole other area. And I realized that this whole area was full of people with vaccine injuries. What was that, what was that unit at the hospital that they sent you to? I don't even know if it was a unit. I think it was just a makeshift area that they made. Did you spend the night in the hospital on the second visit? No, no, I did not. Did they did they give you anything for or did they diagnose what had happened to you? Um, they said that I had anxiety. And um, they referred me to a um, psychiatrist. And what happened? Did you so go I meet with them? And I went to the psychiatrist <laughs> and she put me on antidepressants and benzodiazepines. And what happened after you took the medicine? Um, so I progressively started getting worse. Um, I started getting internal vibrations in my chest. Um, this extreme fatigue started, um, which I didn't end up getting out of bed for two months. I just, I'd go to sleep at night. I'd wake up and I'd say to my husband, I don't feel like I slept. I don't think I slept. I'm so tired. Like I just have to sleep. And that went on for two months. So that's, that's like the summer of, uh, 2021 mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, 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 
continue. Tell, tell so us I, about the injuries that, that, that continued and that surfaced and resurfaced, you know, for the last 18 months. Um, yeah. So, so then I started to get <clears throat> odd bruising all over my body. I was getting bruising on very odd spots on my body, but it was, you know, all over my body. Um, I started getting petechiae which are these small little blood dots under my skin. Um, so they started to come out. And you, you mentioned to me in the pre-interview that you, you actually had bruises on your breast. Yes. Yeah. Oddly enough. Mm -hmm. Yes. They were everywhere. Like just areas that you just wouldn't expect bruising to show up. Mm -hmm. um, I started getting splinter hemorrhages under my nails. Um, uh, take your time. Oh, my, I, I started getting pots where, you know, my, my, um, pulse rate would be, you know, resting at 70 and I'd walk to the kitchen, get a, to get a coffee or, or a water. And, and my, my pulse rate would jump to 140. Uh, I could feel my heart just fluttering and beating out of my chest. My, my blood pressure was sky high. You must've been terrified. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, um, every time I went back to the eMERGE and, you know, they diagnosed me with the same, you know, anxiety, you know, and I'd say to the mom, well, of course I have anxiety. You know, I've got bruising all over my body. I have, I have tremors. Oh, I had, yes. Then the tremors started. So I had, I had head tremors that resembled Parkinson's. I had them in my hand and I had them in my legs. Um, but the worst was, was probably the most disturbing was the tremors in my head. It was like a constant nod, nod. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, I was, of course I had anxiety. Everybody would have anxiety if you. That's normal. That would be normal. If normal. you don't know what's going on right. in your body and you, you mm -hmm. have bruises all over the place, you're going to any, anybody would be worried. Anybody would be worried. Did you, did what, what happened with the medication um, that the psychiatrist put you on? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think like being on the benzodiazepines, honestly, like it probably helped to calm me down. Um, it gave me a chance to at least be calm enough to do research on my own and find all the support groups on Facebook, um, where I discovered I'm not alone and there's many thousands of us. Um, and these, is, once it, I realized, sorry, no, no, go on, go on. Once I realized what was happening and what was going on, um, I actually weaned myself off of the antidepressants. I didn't want to be on them. I didn't, I knew at that point, this is not anxiety. Um, this is a vaccine injury. Um, and, and at what, what point was that? Was, was that towards the end of the summer of 2020? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been in the fall. Did you, did you find people who were injured in Canada from uh, AstraZeneca? There are a few, yeah. 
Yeah, on a lot of the Facebook groups, um, the support groups, um, I didn't find a lot of people that were Canadian. A lot of were from the UK um, and from the States, but not a lot from Canada. Um, so I ended up creating my own um, my own um, support group for Canadians. Um, but there are a few of us. I, I know maybe five or six, but certainly not the amount um, that there are in the groups that are from the States and, and the UK. Do you think it's because of the climate after the, the convoy and they froze people's um, bank accounts? And the fear that some people have in Canada? I mean, certainly that was pretty draconian action by Freeland and Trudeau when they froze people's bank accounts. Um, for going on the convoy and, you know, the country, you know, came out in droves on, on the streets, on the highways, on the overpasses to support everybody. Do you think people were scared? Oh, I definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I don't think that, um, I think people are just even fearful to say anything on Facebook or join a Facebook group in fear that, you know, they're going to be called anti-vaxxers and, you know, or maybe they just don't realize that, um, that their injuries are from the, from a vaccine. I, I don't know, like, where are all the people, you know? So as a result of this, Diane, um, you eventually found some doctors that are akin to the Frontline Critical Care Alliance doctors here in the United States, in Canada. And how have they been able to help you? So the Canadian COVID Care Alliance um, basically follow the same protocols as the FLCCC. So there are protocols with different, you know, vitamins and supplements and um, different things. Um, they will, you know, I was lucky enough to have, um, like I said, found a local doctor that prescribed me the ivermectin, um, which I must say, um, it helped me with a lot of my symptoms. It took away my tremors. Um, it took away my internal vibrations. It got me out of bed. It took away the extreme fatigue. Um, so it it has helped me. Um, we have heard we have heard that uh, it late twenty twenty one from other people who have been vax injured that out of sheer desperation because nothing else seemed to work, and this is that they would they would try ivermectin and that it really helped them with the tremors and being able to walk. We have heard uh, that before. And it has helped uh, quite a lot of people. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's it's a hit and miss. I mean, like, you know, what's good for one isn't always good for another. Um, That's true. I, I was fortunate enough not to get the neuropathy that a lot of people are experiencing, and it doesn't seem to really help with that. Maybe with some, but not, not, not for everybody. It's not, you know, it's not a one for all. So with the with getting to know other people who are vax injured, there's always, you know, how did this come to be? I know that there were shipments of AstraZeneca that were sent to Canada from India as well as the United States. And if people take a look at the the, the piece of paper 
that has the the on the you know that's your receipt for lack of a better word it it says what the batch is and now i'm hearing from from some of you in canada that you've been able to trace it to the united states to the baltimore manufacturing plant that had some problems because j and j also was using that same plant and you've been able to confirm that through other people who have been injured that have the same batch in Canada. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So what is the, how is the government in, in Canada addressing Vax injuries? Are they gaslighting you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We are definitely being, um, we are definitely being gaslighted. Um, yeah, I mean, we're all being given the same anxiety diagnosis. So there's no, has the, has the government in Canada acknowledged cardiovascular neurological injuries from any of the shots? Officially, you know, sort Officially, of. Officially, no. All right. So, so if you had not found that the, the Canadian critical care doctor group, you would and and stayed with what the doctors were telling you to do. You would have basically just stayed under the care of a psychiatrist who was diagnosing you with anxiety and depression. That's what it sounds like. Is that is that right? That's correct. How do you feel about this this <laughs> entire experience? I've lost all trust in the medical establishment. I feel like I'm wasting my time trying to get test ordered to to be referred to, you know, any more specialists because I know the outcome of the appointments. And, you, and by that, you mean that they're just going to say that there's nothing there? Yeah, they're just, yeah, basically. Um, I have I have seen a few. I've, I mean, I've been to many specialists. I've seen a neurologist, hematologist. I joined the CanCove clinic the, here in Canada, um, in Toronto, the long COVID clinic. Um, for for uh, when you say you've joined the clinic, for, for what purpose? Well, it was a study for long COVID, um, but I asked if I could join as a vaccine injured. And they accepted that? They accepted that. Did they take your blood? They, they sure did. <laughs> All right. And did they come back and tell you what they found? No, because it's a study. So they're not there, but, but they are doing a study um, for vax injured as well as long COVID. Um, well, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, they diagnosed me with a functional neurological disorder. Which is defined as? Same thing as anxiety, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that seems to be sort of the, the name of the game when a lot of times, and we heard that um, in 2021, for those who had received their shots early on in, in the rollout here in the United States, uh, and also for some people who, in fact, were part of the so-called clinical trials in 2020. And it's... Uh, it's amazing because the, the physical ailments are real, <clears throat> but they'll say it's all in people's heads. Yes, I did. Um, 
if they can get away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Um, I did um, uh, get a apology from the hospital recently. It took a good eight months. Um, a lot of back and forth. Um, but I, I did get recognition from the hospital. Um, apologizing for the treatment. Apologizing for the anxiety diagnosis. Did you get that in writing? No, I did not. And how did that how did that come about? Um well I had um I had put in a complaint. And uh, so they had called me. And this was a complaint against whom? Against the people in the ER? Right. Against, you know, how I was gaslighted, not believed, given the anxiety diagnosis, sent to a psychiatrist, ultimately had to wean myself off of benzodiazepines and antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at first they wanted to tell me that um, that they did diagnose me with a vaccine injury. And I had said to them, well, no, you didn't, because I actually have all the discharge papers. And they clearly state my discharge was anxiety. So did they, did they, when, when you said that to them, did they then say that, no, we acknowledge you having a vax injury? Did they report it to what would be comparable to the VAERS database we have in the United States? No, they said it was reported. Have you checked to make certain that it has been reported? No. No. They, um, they asked me to send the discharge papers, email them to them so that they could see. And, and then and then what happened after that? That's when they apologized? And then about four or five months later, I got a call just recently, actually. And, and that's when I got the apology. So what is it? What does that mean for you in Canada? If if the if the hospital of Mount Sinai is now acknowledging that you are vax injured, what what does that mean in terms of well, nothing for me because they're not offering me? I lost a doctor over this. My own doctor yelled at me. My own doctor after she got the report from the hospital, she yelled at me and she said, "Diane, you have anxiety," and she hung up. So, so now are they finding me another doctor? No. So are you are you going to pursue this and get it in writing that they acknowledge you as vax injured? I'm and, going and to get, try. Yeah. I'm sorry. I will try. All right. And, and and if you if you are acknowledged by doctors in in Canada as vax injured, what is the Canadian government willing to do for you? As far as I can see, nothing. Is there a compensation court at all? No. I mean, there have been an award to some to, to one person oh. I know <laughs> of in Canada. Yeah, you either have to be wheelchair bound for that. <laughs> all right. You either have to be dead or you have to be severely injured. There's no in between. 
What what would you like the, the, the public to know having gone through this? That there's a lot of us that are injured. That we'd like to be believed. You know, the mainstream media, they want us, they want, they want people to believe that the vax injured are destroying the safe and effective narrative. And that we're, you know, anti-vax, we're not, we're not anti-vax. You know, if we were anti-vax, we wouldn't have got the vaccine. Um, to stop the silence, stop the gaslighting, just believe us. Diane, thank you for sharing your story. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, just that, you know, there needs to be, you know, transparency. Um, and if these doctors, if our doctors, you know, if they just listen and take the time to address these issues that, you know, it is the vaccine that's triggering um, these events that maybe we could get to a successful treatment outcome. You know, um, stop being willingly blind. Um, you know, I don't know, like, I think that even if they do acknowledge it, a lot of the doctors, they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that they that they say, you know what, we are really sorry that you suffered a vaccine injury. Um, and we don't know enough about this. This is new to us. And we're sorry that we can't help you. But stop with the gaslighting, stop with the anxiety diagnosis. You know, believe us. Diane, there's a lot of us. There's a when, lot of us. When, when, something I want to ask you when, when you're talking to people uh, in these chat rooms, okay, and people who, who have been back injured, I, I hear from, from people that who had received the shots in, in 2021. Now we're moving to year two. And many of the people that we interviewed in 2021 and beyond aren't getting better. When you're among yourselves, is there a sense of hopelessness at this point? Or is, is, it, is it more anger? Or is it frustration? Or is it all of the above? It's all of the above. I think when we are, we are all, we are all, you know, so desperate to find a treatment to find a cure, you know, we reach out to each other. And what have you tried? What have you tried? You know, who have you seen? You know, um, we're all spending thousands of dollars seeing naturopaths, physiotherapists, um, you know, trying our own treatments, you know, a woman in the UK is, you know, taking her own blood out. You know, we're losing our people that we've been, we've, we've become attached to through these groups. And a few of them have committed suicide people that we have reached out through through messenger even like it's heartbreaking you know because we are all we are 
we're all there. We're every day we're there and we're listening to new people and and new stories. And and it's and we hear it again and again, the same stories. Yes, and we've all had that. Oh yes, we have that too. You know, and people are desperate and they're messaging me and they're saying, you know, what did you try? And you know, and how did you get the ivermectin? And you know, it's heartbreaking it is it is it is it is heartbreaking and, and we we feel for you we do we we, we feel for you I, i've always said since the very beginning that the mainstream media and i grew up in the mainstream media need to do their jobs and they need to interview and give a voice for those who have been harmed and it's a disgrace it's a disgrace in the media that the mainstream media in canada does not do their job and give you a voice. So yeah, we're, and, we're and I mean, recently, the, the you know there was a news. I think it was CTV. I don't know, but anyway, there was a news report about a vaccine injured person. You know, and that was great. That was great that they reported it. But you know, they still want to make sure that people think that it's extremely rare. You know, and to continue to get your booster. Would you because ever get? Would you? Would you ever? Not get, rare. Would you? Would you ever get another vaccine? I would never get another vaccine. Never. And I'm glad that I stuck to my guns and, you know, did not take another one when I was being pushed by so many people. You need to get that second vaccine, Diane. You have asthma. You need to get it. You don't want to end up in the hospital on a ventilator. And I just kept pushing back. My Facebook, you know, um, has been flagged so many times. Um, I've had, you know, people say I need to stop creating vaccine hesitancy. Now, this is vaccine reality. This is vaccine reality. And, 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 and you should not, you should not, you know, be intimidated by anybody. When, when this has happened to you. Yes. Diane Spaulding yes. from Canada, from Toronto. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me, Christine. Anytime. Please, feel free to come back to us. Thank, Thank you. you.